0: what is up everybody welcome to another episode of the process podcast i am your host charlie witkowski joined as always by my best friend and co-host nick veronica nick are you still full from turkey day
1: uh, I'm digested by now. I got a little upset stomach in the in the fourth quarter on Sunday watching the Bills and sh- the Chargers try to give each other the win, and nobody wanted to take it. That was kind of upsetting. Another Hail Mary allowed, also kind of upsetting. Three turnovers in the fourth quarter, also kind of upsetting. I'm doing better now. They won the game. They are still in first place. The Dolph- They're the game ahead of the Dolphins in the East. Things are looking good. It's, it's funny when you – win the game all the bad stuff like if they had lost this game we'd be like oh my gosh how did this how do they give up another hell mary how do they turn the ball over three t-? and now that they won you're like yeah you know they that happened but we'll deal with it but so that's kind of where i am i'm like i'm in between <laughs> um i got man what a frustrating game to watch the holy cow and if you we, we can talk about this part later if you were a better on the game uh, the Chargers last play like Anthony Lynn is I don't know what he's doing is the offensive, you know, director over there is the head coach is calling the plays horrible finish by the Chargers as a bills fan. Charlie talked to me. This was the most frustrating victory since when, you know, I really don't don't know what other victory we
0: could say was frustrating. You know, maybe, maybe if you look at this year, I'd say maybe the Jets game was a frustrating victory because they just couldn't get in the end zone against a very bad Jets team that
1: other teams have not that's struggled like, Honestly, like I Buffalo was like, did. Yeah. Um I was looking back like way farther I should have just thought of this. Year. That's that's a good one. Well, if you think about it, if you go back beyond
0: this year, um Buffalo hasn't been good for a, for for a while where you could say <laughs> yeah. man, you know, that's a frustrating win. We, there's been plenty of frustrating losses. But there really hasn't been, I feel like, a significant, frustrating win where you're like, this team is much better than that. We've seen Buffalo ceiling multiple times this year. We saw it against the Seahawks. We saw it against the Rams. And I'll tell you what, I believe that if Buffalo plays at their ceiling consistently, there's no better team than them in, in the NFL. In the but whole NFL. I, I think they're better than Kansas City if they can play at their ceiling. However... Kansas City is so good because Kansas City does a great job of playing at their ceiling consistently. Buffalo has flashed at their ceiling here and there and just cannot seem to consistently play at that high level week in and week out. And that's what we saw this week was a failure to play at that high level through four quarters of football.
1: Yeah, I was thinking way back to like early 2010s when the Bills would be vying for that top draft pick and then they just happened to, you know, win win week 16 week 17 and the team would be like oh this was really good moral you know victory for us going into, into the off season." and then all the fans would be like you just went up four draft picks like what were you doing out there like those mm-hmm. games were frustrating but not not like the manner in which they won it was just frustrating as the as a result uh there's there was the year where they started Owen eight the one year but then won too many games and missed out on cam newton that was frustrating." In a sense, but like, yeah, n- not like this. You know, and in, a, in, a, in a, often in Bill's history, I think that Jets one is actually a good answer by you.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, that was a game where they just failed to get in the end zone, and they had multiple chances to get in the end zone, and luckily Tyler Bass saved the day. And and you know what? I before we go any further, got to give credit to Tyler Bass, man. He's we do improved uh, drastically. Throughout the season, you know, for as bad as he was, and at one point throughout the year, you and I both, Nick, were saying maybe it's time for him to pack his bags and move on. And he has re uh, kind of reignited the the, the special teams as, as far as, as as field goals go. You know, some big fifty yard kicks a couple weeks back, um, another big field goal uh, with some pressure this week. Um, And he's looked better. He's looking more consistent. He's looking more positive. And with this upcoming week, unfortunately, they're going back to Arizona. But he's going back into a dome where I think he should be okay kicking again.
1: He looks so much more confident over the last couple weeks. And Mm -hmm. since since the game where we said maybe he should pack his bags, not that we don't like the guy just because kickers in the (laughs) NFL don't usually get much more leeway than he was getting. Since we said that, He's 9 for 10, and his only miss is from 61 yards. He
0: must listen to the podcast and say, man, Nick and, <laughs> Nick and Charlie really want
1: me out of here. I better set my game up. You know what? Those fans said I should have made it instead of missing it, and I'm going to try that now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. Oh, maybe I should start listening to the fans. Could you imagine, though, you know, and I and I wondered this a lot throughout this year, right? With no fans in Buffalo, you look back at, at the games that – you know, they barely won at home or, or even lost the Kansas city game, for example, not to get off topic here, but with fans in the stadium, do you think Buffalo beats Kansas city?
1: Man, you're not going to like this. I don't think that that would generally affect the outcome of, of the okay. game. I, I,
0: I, I don't think that, I think the game would have been much different than what it was. I think you get fans in the stadium for a, um, primetime football game you know let's face it Bills fans go nuts for primetime football no matter when it is and when you get them in there for their team being potentially good playing the Super Bowl champions I think that they'd be nuts and super loud and it may may have changed things a little bit but even look at at this past week with the Chargers how much different could that game have been with some crowd noise you know where where does that game change with you know, 75,000 Bills fans in the stadium screaming and yelling for four quarters. You know, does that game get that close at one point or does Buffalo just continue to pull away? You know, it's it, it's hard to say. There's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of what ifs this season and we're seeing it, you know, a lot with the Bills that's for sure.
1: I thought through the first I don't know, three quarters of the game. Like you were pretty, probably, you were probably feeling pretty good. You were pretty happy with how the Bills played, right? Through the end of the third quarter. Like they had, you know, some frustrating parts. Austin Eckler is a very good player and he kept beating them in the past game. And that was frustrating. But like that's part of football that happens. But overall, I was not too upset about anything. It was just the way way the ending went man like the, the fourth quarter here's here's their drives in the fourth quarter ready fumble fumble interception and they kick the field goal at the end which uh was important to some people um yeah I, I could not believe like three interception or three turnovers in the fourth quarter is so unusual i looked this up back to 2000 today i found 16 other build games where they had three turnovers or more in the fourth quarter they lost every single one you don't win when that happens. And it's usually you're, you're behind money. you just don't care. And you're like, I got to throw this ball into, into tight coverage and hope it works out because we're going to lose either way. And, oh, it got picked off. That's tough. Like, th- those are the kind of games. Like, this doesn't happen. You don't win when you do this. And I think Anthony Lynn uh, did the Bills some favors by being a not very good American football coach
0: dude like did he just tell this entire offensive line on that last play like hey go get your rookie quarterback killed please you know what i mean like what what happened there you saw him in shotgun and then you saw him come out of shotgun and go behind the center and then the entire offensive line was like oh blocking what's blocking we don't know how to do that and i felt terrible for herbert because man Someone really could have messed him up pretty, pretty quick there. Um, and it might have been, uh, you know, not been good for him. But at the end of the day, Buffalo should have been able to get out of that um, that drive a lot quicker, that Hail Mary, which we can get into a little bit deeper, um, you know, here soon, Nick. But that Hail Mary kept that drive alive. And on top of that, the foul and play after the Hail Mary, uh, excuse me, Anthony Lynn, With no timeouts left. Yeah. yeah, Let's
1: let's go through this whole Chargers drive here. All right. So after the Hail Mary, all right. And we'll set the scene here. The line for the game, Bills minus six. Some people might have had it at five. I saw the official line, Bills minus six, right? So coming into this drive, actually, even, you know, let's go back a little bit. The drive before, Chargers probably should have kicked the field goal. And they're like, yeah. Let's just go for it anyway, you know. Didn't get the fourth down, great stop by the Bills. Okay, then you come back down, and you're like, Okay, the Bills got that field goal, like that's good. What's still gonna happen? Oh, it's fourth down. Oh, they got the Hail Mary. Holy cow, the Chargers might cover this game. And you're looking and you're like, I, I don't know if there's enough time left for them to really win, but they could still cover it, which is like a, just an interesting aspect to people, especially if you saw the Monday night game. Holy cow. So then the Chargers get the Hail Mary, and then how much time we got left on the clock there? Like 30 seconds. And you have a running clock. I'm going to look this up just so I don't say it wrong. Uh, how much time we you have left there, Charlie? I believe
0: there's about 28, somewhere between 30 and 25 seconds left. There okay, yeah. A lot of time.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Herbert passed deep to middle for 55 yards. We're going to talk more about the Hail defense later. So you're the Chargers. You get this amazing play, right? You run back up to the line. The clock's still rolling. And what do you call? They call the run up the middle with no timeouts left and the clock down by two scores. Like, what is happening? Anthony Lynn is going to get fired, and it's going to be for stupid things like this. Like, no intent to try to win the game there. Of course, you're probably not going to win, but you definitely aren't going to win if you keep the clock rolling. You have to either spike it or throw into the end zone. Like, what is happening?
0: i've been a fan of anthony lynn i thought when buffalo i i I thought when buffalo got rid of rex and anthony lynn stepped in as the interim head coach i think if he would have won his game as an as interim head coach i think buffalo would have kept him around i think he would have been the head coach of the buffalo bills right now that's a take i i think so i i don't think he was a bad coach i mean look what he did his first couple years in in la granted don't get me wrong i know he had philip rivers a future hall of famer and you know, right now he's got a rookie quarterback, much different team. Don't forget, though, one of these teams this week, Nick, went into this game with a top three offense and a top ten defense, and that team was not the Buffalo Bills. So as bad as he is, his team is playing good football. It's okay. going down to extra they are. Sports. Okay, I'm um, saying Anthony
1: Lynn. Yeah.
0: But this game in particular, now obviously we haven't watched a lot of L.A. games, right? I'm not watching a lot of Chargers games. I don't think you are either. But this game in particular, we've seen a lot of bad clock management in Buffalo from McDermott and other coaches of past. I've never seen anything that bad. That was by far the worst clock management within
1: inside of 30 seconds. I've ever seen by, by any coach in football. I think Anthony Lynn is a real nice guy. And I think his players are, always love him even in Buffalo's players like them probably a good teacher of things and just not prepared for the role he's in right now you've seen it all season bad bad management bad decisions and even as good as this team looks on the stats they cannot hold the lead to save their lives they're three they were three and seven coming into this game with that offense and that defense Uh, every week I was like looking up the biggest blown leads in Chargers history. They, they blew how many leads this year? Third, 17 points, 13 point, like no lead is safe for them. Mm -hmm. And then you're coming down at the end of this game after at the end of the first half, the clock's rolling down. They got fourth down. They look like they're going to go for it. He calls timeout to think it over and then punts the ball back to the Bills. So he stopped the clock to give the bills, the ball when he could have just, kept it rolling. I don't know, man. I don't know. But then so they get up there after the running play. Then they throw penalty on the Bills for roughing the passer. Then they're on the one. Which, which, real
0: real quick, I thought that roughing the passer call was questionable. Everyone thought that it was originally going to be on, I believe it was Trey who got in there first and was taking Herbert to the ground. And everyone thought it was going to be on Trey for going low. But don't forget, if the quarterback's in the pocket, you cannot hit the quarterback below the knees. That's Tom Brady rule. Mm-hmm. However, he was scrambling out of the pocket, therefore you you can hit him low and make the hit. And I thought he wrapped him up as the ball was coming out of his hand. So I thought that was clean. Ed Oliver's hit on him, I think, was questionable. It didn't even look like Oliver even got him. But I yeah, did. it
1: was it was there were there were many questionable decisions by yes. the men in stripes. We'll say
0: so. Another reason how this game got uh uh there how how that drive got extended way longer than what it should have
1: right and then you're on the one you know you said you know what running should we run the ball now that we're on the one nope let's throw what do they throw a fade that that was a little overthrown yes all right then they then they uh then they took time out with the clock stopped justin herbert or i'm sorry there was a buffalo time i'm sorry with the clock stopped Justin Herbert last play of the game, three seconds left. Knows he can't win. Could still pad his stats. Could still make it look closer. Could still cover the spread. And what happens? He, I think he must have tried to audible and like the line just didn't realize or something. All oh, the loud it, crowd noise at the Ralph just yeah <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Something like just was not communicated properly. His offensive lineman dropped back to pass block while he's trying to sneak and just. Goes down, Bills win, bills cover. Just imagine being being a Chargers better yet on Sunday, being like, oh my gosh, they got the Hail Mary. They're still gonna do this in spite of everything. And that is what happens. That is what we call a bad beat.
0: You know, I will say this. Um again, to to the Chargers credit, and, and and maybe the Bills credit as well, I guess, you know, depending on how you want to look at it. The Chargers are probably one of the best three win teams in football. <laughs> <laughs> they just can't hold on to a lead, and they seem to co- they seem to play really good fourth quarter football, one way or the other. But they're not a bad three win team. As, and I, I feel like we've said this for years and years about the Bills, right? Oh, the Bills are a good four win team. Oh, the Bills are a good three win team. Whatever it might be. Um.
1: Yeah, they're good. Like Dallas is good.
0: Right. I sure. mean, if it, if it, yeah, if they were in the sure. NFC. They were in the NFC East. They'd be they'd be in first place right now. The Chargers would. But with all that said, I I don't think the Chargers are a bad team. I thought um, Buffalo's defense played very good. I wouldn't say I wouldn't give them great, but I I would I think they played very good. I was impressed with three and a half quarters compared to what we've seen. And I will say this as well: if we're gonna give some kudos to Tyler Bass. I think there was one play where I looked at A.J. Klein and I started yelling at the TV again, and right after that play, he completely seemed to change his game and played a much better game. Probably could hear, could hear me yelling all the way here in Atlanta at him on the TV because he missed he missed one bad tackle, and he lit uh, – uh, it was the first quarter, their second drive. He let Eckler just get uh, – Yeah, that's
1: thing. Totally, totally missed Eckler in coverage, and that was – uh, that was like, oh my gosh, is this guy ever gonna learn? And then he did, to his credit, did turn it around. Had a pretty good game. He's settling in. He's. Uh, it's been an adjustment for him, I think, moving over to weak side. But um, Buffalo, Buffalo needs Milano back, man. And, and they do, I, I hope and he's, that he's back this week. They, you know, they ask Matt Milano to do a lot. So filling in for that guy, who is, I think, very good and very underrated, that's probably a big ask for for. For Klein when he's not used to playing the well linebacker. Right. Still, uh, this is the National Football League, and you gotta produce, and he was pretty lousy. I will say the Chargers did kind of seem to pick on him in coverage. I looked up uh Pro Football Focus tracks every play, then they assign who the defender was nearest and who allowed the most catches here. So the Bills allowed 32 completions to the Chargers. They gave seven of those to Tredavious White. Six to Jordan Poyer and seven to AJ Klein. So Klein was targeted or he was the defender thrown at 11 times. Seven were catches. He gave up 51 yards. Um, some other players gave up more than that. They, they pegged Tradavius White seven receptions for 68 yards. Um, I mean, it's tough when you play zone and you're kind of not really covering the guy, you're just the nearest defender to the guy it's different i think when you're when you're a linebacker. He did look a little exposed in pass coverage and i suppose if you're going to throw it somebody, why would you not throw it up the linebacker?
0: You know, AJ Klein did play 100% of the snaps this year, this week. Him, Tremaine Edmonds, obviously, they they each played 100%. Um uh one guy who I, I was surprised we didn't see in the game at all this week was Darren Lee. Uh, who was up from the practice squad, and he did not get any playing time. Uh, But it looks like he's going to be practice squad protected this week again as well. So I'm going to be curious to see if he gets some playing time. Um, But I I feel like with Milano coming back, that's going to become very, very slim to
1: none for him. Yeah, I'd be Uh, interested to see because he's eligible to come back this week. I don't know if he actually will or not. That'll be interesting.
0: Well, our good buddy over banged up bills said that the injury that Milano has the three to three to six week injury, and it's been eight weeks for him. So at this point, he feels like at eight weeks, he should be healthy and good to go. Um, we'll see what McDermott and those guys say, obviously with the COVID stuff going on, facilities were closed uh, today, uh, Tuesday and, and, and yesterday on, on, on Monday, um, But that is all only for player meetings, stuff like that. If they had to go in for any kind of rehab or injury stuff, the players were allowed to go to the facility. So I'm sure the coaches and training staff were able to get a look at Milano. So we should have an idea tomorrow whether or not he is
1: back in the lineup Monday night against the San Francisco 49ers. Cool. Um, Talk to me about the rest of the defense. I thought they did a really nice job. On Keenan Allen. He came into the game leading the NFL in receptions. He still leads with 85. Bills held him to, to four catches for 40 yards. He did have a touchdown, but that was four catches on 10 targets. I thought they did a nice job there. You know,
0: the t- you look at the touchdown, first of all, two, two questions for you. Mm-hmm. I guess two-part question. What the heck? And I think we've asked this before. Has happened to Teron Johnson. He is not the same slot nickel cornerback that he has been in years past. He, he, I used to feel comfortable with him going up against a guy like Keenan Allen in the slot. I thought, you know, Teron Johnson, in my opinion, for two years was one of the best nickel corners in the game, at least, at least one of the best the Buffalo's had in a while. Um, but that touchdown, Keenan Allen just made him look like a rookie out there, not knowing what he was doing. And we've seen that a lot this year where Johnson just seems lost out there, which which is strange to me. Um, on top of that, and I know we talked a little bit about this during the game, I think I texted you, it seems like Tredavious White is not the Tredavious White of last year. He seems to be getting beat a lot more on passes and catches that he wasn't getting beat on years ago. Um, maybe it's just overanalyzing him at this point because now he has paid. Now he's here for a long period of time. But I felt like last year you looked at him and, and, and he was hungry. He was pissed off that he didn't get to the Pro Bowl the year before. He played his butt off and got to the Pro Bowl last year. And this year he doesn't look any more than just a good defensive back.
1: I think he's still very good. I think it is difficult to just repeat the level of excellence that he performed at and that we kind of expected from him. He's—he's. Um, he's, I agree with you that he's not quite as elite. He's not quite locked down like he—he he was. Um, and I don't really have a good answer for you on that. I'm—I mean, he—is he injured? Is, are they asking him to do? Harder assignments this year covering the top guy could be a bunch of stuff, but there's nothing. I don't know. What do you want? Like there's, I don't know if there's an answer to say, Hey, why are you? It's just a visual. Why, why are you two yards away from the guy instead of six inches away? Like you normally are. It's just, he's just not. And I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you there. It's frustrating that, but I think he's still, he's still very good. I think you saw in the interception, he kind of diagnosed the play ahead of time, came in there and saved the game or sealed the, sealed the game. Or, oh, I'm sorry. We thought he'd seal the game at that point. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's not, he's not pro bowl form, but he, I think he's still, he's still very good. And I still trust him to do a good decent to good job. He, like I don't, I would be shocked if he held somebody to like a top receiver, to, like one catch throughout a whole game. But I think he's not going to get totally roasted either. Like, I'm very confident he won't get totally roasted or embarrassed in any game.
0: What I probably should have also mentioned in that Tredavious White question, it's it. I feel like it's nothing that you're going to see stat-wise. Like, there's no stat that's being taken of,
1: you know, maybe for catches allowed, right? Hey, yeah, don't say that. PFF will invent something for you to say. Right. That here's here's your stat.
0: But at the same time, it's it, to, at least to me, it's mostly a visual thing. I feel like just watching him, he doesn't look like the travis White of last year or the year before even. Um, but again, it, it, it's just visual. I I've never played a down of football in my life outside of backyard football and turkey bowls. Um, so, you know, sometimes the assignment stuff, I, I don't know everything. I know what I see from watching. I know what I see f- from hearing the experts talk about it. Um, And I know what I see when I watch the All-22s. But with all that said, I'm not seeing the same Tredavious White. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just upsetting because here was a guy that everyone was screaming for, keep him around, keep him around, pay the man, pay the man. The man gets paid, and he is not playing at that Pro Bowl level, like what you want your top defensive back to play at. Um, I, I don't feel like anyone on that defense is really playing at a Pro Bowl level. I, I, I've i said it multiple times on the show. I haven't been very impressed with Poirier. I haven't been very impressed with Hyde this year either. Um, but I know there's people out there that still feel like the Bills safety duo is one of the best safety duos in the league, but I haven't been very impressed with them. Haven't been very impressed with, uh, like I was saying before, Johnson either. I feel like Johnson's been a disappointment. You know who, who? Now he's only played two games, and there's a lot of football to play, and you know he's still young. But I do feel like Dane Jackson may be a sleeper guy on on this on 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 the defensive backs. You know, you look at a guy like uh, uh, Josh Norman. You know, obviously a little older, one year contract, good guy for him to learn behind. Um, but I I, I would like to see when he's healthy, give Dane Jackson another chance here to come out and and see what he can do. Maybe wait till week 17 when hopefully at that point playoffs are locked up. But, um, you know, Dane Jackson to me in his two games has been the most consistent defensive back on the entire
1: team. Yes. All right. What I think about that is defense is always hard to totally assess who's performing well when you don't know the coverage rules and who's getting help over the top and who are they making life easier on and especially when you're talking about trey i think every every defensive back that you ever criticize says well you know sometimes they i don't have the numbers because they know not to throw at me anymore and you're like well that's kind of true and I'm sure if you're the offense and you know, hey, this guy was so friggin' good last year. We need to plan, spend extra time planning on routes to beat him, or on here. Here's the the coverage concepts they use. His, you know, and when they're in cover three, his responsibility is going to be to this guy. If you peel off on this on your route this way, it's going to be open there, and it's not really his fault because that's his responsibility in the scheme. But I think the more well known you get, the more teams also prepare for you. So point on Dane Jackson, he does he did look good, I thought too. I I really don't know if I can say that it's him being a great coverage guy or he's getting help and he's able to perform in that. And I do give him credit for doing doing his job that they asked him to do. Um, I don't know. Poyer and Hides, I mean same same sorta concept. They're not locking down in pass coverage. They're not having huge turnover numbers. I think they've been both pretty solid tacklers like they still bring their game i think there's the defense as a whole has not looked elite really this year
0: so let me ask you this question then you 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 look at poyer and hyde Mm -hmm. outside of the game i i thought poyer's best game this year was the game against seattle i thought that was poyer's best game this season hands down he had the interception he had the big pass breakup on fourth and one as well in that Seattle game. I thought that was hands down his best game. However, haven't seen much from him either. And, and where I always thought he did well was helping out over the top. And again, not, not, not to jump ahead here. I don't want to fully talk about it now, but you look at the two Hail Marys, the, the Arizona Hail Mary and, and this past week's Hail Mary against the Chargers. I feel like, he knows better than to try to go for the interceptions, and that's where he has excelled is being that guy over the top who is smarter than the guys in front of him. I feel like Poyer and Hyde are two very, very smart football players. You watch them play, they know the game, they're smart guys. Just seems like they're lacking something. I, I, I don't know what it is. And maybe it's just a frustration overall with the defense from what we've seen all year with this team. And and, and maybe I'm just being too critical of guys who I don't need to be critical of. But when you're paying Poyer and Hyde and White all this money, you expect things from them. And I feel like none of them have lived up to their contracts this season. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll, I'll say it. I've been disappointed for what Buffalo's paying them. They are not living up to those contracts.
1: Yeah, it's been frustrating cuz you expect them to be as good as they were with this the extra year in the system and all these high-priced players and the extensions and it's not clicking yet and you got I mean I don't know how hard to criticize them for not having all the pieces that they thought that they were going to have really it all, yeah, like like mm-hmm. when was the last time they had every, even if you don't include star who opted out, like when was the last time they had everyone they thought they were gonna have, which is right. one side of the argument, and then the other side is, guess what? it's the NFL, people get hurt all the time, like you're probably never gonna have gonna have that, and it's like you gotta you gotta make it work when things aren't aren't always going so well, and they are does, star,
0: does star make that much of a difference in this defense in all honesty, because I feel like uh, I the think years- in
1: run support and run defense, he would okay.
0: For years, I feel like, you know, last year I say for years. Last year, I felt like people were just calling because, you know, Star is not getting the quarterback. Star's not doing this. Star's not doing that. Why are we paying him all this money? Yeah, you know, that's not you his, hear from the critics. Not what he does. Also, no, but they're you, you hear from the guys on ESPN, NFL Network. They're paying Star Star so much money. Yada yada yada. But at the same time look who else's game has taken a big step back at Oliver at yep. Oliver was last season rookie year. You looked at him and, and you thought, man, this guy could be an elite defensive tackle in this league, but without that help on the other side, he just looks like a, you know, he, he has his moments. He has his flash where he's like, Oh my gosh, that guy's good. But you're not seeing it consistent again. Like what you saw last year, I think a lot of that was because Star took a lot of those double teams away from Oliver, and now teams are like, "Well, they got Justin Zimmer and Vernon Butler, and uh well, we, we, I'd rather double team Oliver than those two guys."
1: Yeah, Oliver. Would he had a nice play toward the end of the game in the fourth quarter last week, like a nice, a nice couple of plays, maybe? But other than that, it's been it was a forgettable, kind of a forgettable season for him. He's been uh, people are starting to throw around the B word. I, yeah. won't use, I won't use the B word here, but it's out there. I don't, I don't think he is. I don't think he is I think, Yeah, B too word. early, but it's out there. Some, I mean, that never yes. stops anybody from speculating. No, it's very early.
0: I, I think it's very early to, to to call him that right now. Um, but all in all, man, again, I, 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 I'm nitpicking at things
1: that don't need to be nitpicked at with the defense. Um I thought that there was a lot of yeah, hold it real quick. I'll stop you. You are allowed to nitpick. The defense has not been that good. There are generally, you know, good points there. Don't feel like you're nitpicking. Those are valid. I think the defense has been disappointing this year. They've had their flashes, and we we all know that they've
0: had their flashes in games where they have been really good. And they've had their flashes. They have just been, oh my gosh, they're 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 terrible. Um, I thought the run defense this year wasn't half bad or I'm sorry, this week wasn't half bad, Um, has been better than what it's been all season, but it's still not the run defense is what they were years past. But again, again, how how much that is because Star is out. Um, Their past defense I didn't think was too bad either. I didn't think it was terrible. Um, But uh, I I don't understand how your defense really only losing one guy and losing – Really, just losing star. And I understand you're down Milano right now to injury, too. But how can your defense go from being the top, a top five defense in this league to being one of the lowest ranked defenses in this league in a matter of a season and not losing anybody? So there, there, there's something there. And I don't know if it's, as we've mentioned before, I don't know if it's just they're not executing on defense or they're just not, um, or, 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 or there's some big piece missing. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it
1: feels like to me, and this is, I don't know, just my own thought here. They've been pretty vulnerable on the ground almost all season. And they, they were better this game. They held, what do they held them to? Um, Let's see. Rushing 3.2 yards per carry. That's great. Great job this week against the Chargers. I feel like that's been a flaw for them this year and opponents know that and have been attacking that. And I would speculate that maybe they've had to pull some other pull from some other areas to try to shore up the run defense and bring in extra guys and take them out of the pass coverage to try to fix that. But that's been disappointing all year. Other teams have run almost at will against the Bills and they the pass defense has been better than the run defense, but I think the run defense is concerning enough to them that they need need to sell out to stop this in some ways and are giving up games, to other areas. That's like a guess. I don't really know if, if that checks out, like, you know, in the, in the coach's room or not, but I don't know. It's just frustrating, but that affects everyone. Everyone has been, I don't know who would be your defensive MVP at this point.
0: Man, I really don't even know if I could pick probably Jerry Hughes, man. I think Jerry Hughes is having a, a, a quietly great year. You know, and, and it's crazy, right? As as much as we're getting on the defense, right, and saying how many things that they've done wrong, you look at the stats and you look at the things that they've done, they're putting up pretty good numbers on pass rush. They're one of the top five teams that getting, you know, getting pressure on the quarterback, which I think is crazy because. They're just not able to bring the quarterback down at this, that point, you know. Um, and a lot of that is because Jerry Hughes. I think Jerry Hughes is that good, and he is quietly playing very, very good football. But, again, because he's not getting the sacks, people are missing that that stat.
1: Yes. Uh, the Bills right now, I'm, I'm just looking up here. They are 21st in yards allowed per game and 25th in rushing yards allowed per game. 18th in pass yards per game so not not great there let me ask you this i could not believe when i saw this this week guess who's the bills leader in sacks this year who no you gotta guess oh i gotta guess okay well i'm gonna say
0: just because i i i like it and i think it's a good pick uh
1: i'm going to say vernon butler Keep going. Okay. Vernon right. Butler has. Uh, I don't want to totally embarrass you here. I'm <laughs> um, trying to see if Vernon Butler has any sacks.
0: How about how about Vernon Butler? No sacks. Sorry. I don't think I don't think Ed Oliver either. I don't think he has many. Ed
1: Oliver two sacks. Okay. Keep going. Uh, Jerry Hughes. Four and a half, he's second.
0: He's he's second.
1: Okay, how about it's not Trent Murphy, is it? Trent Murphy. I'm looking down the list, I'm going farther. I don't see Trent Murphy. Okay, you got to tell me who keep going. I'm no, this, oh, is, this is now. uh, <laughs> oh man, uh, I was shocked. I'm sorry, Trent Murphy had two sacks. I was just missing him. I was shocked when I, I saw this.
0: It's not it a, is a defensive lineman?
1: It's a def. That's then. That's too easy. Keep going. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: <laughs> a J. Klein. There you go. A J. Klein. Are you kidding me? Five sacks, leading the team. Could not believe it. That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable.
0: The, the, wow. Okay. All right. A J. Klein. You know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I've just been too, uh, uh, you know, again too nitpicky with with AJ Klein. But
1: wow, okay, he's had he's had a lot of frustrating plays that kind of make you maybe forget about the good ones too, because you're still mad about the mistake that hurt him worse.
0: Well, I, yeah, I feel like it's easier to remember all his mistakes right now than remember all his uh, his positives because there's not a lot of positives that we've seen except for the last two weeks. Seen a little bit more here and there, and um, and we'll see what happens now with uh, with with
1: Milano coming back. I agree, agree. All right, let's talk about the Hail Mary. It's time before we get to. Ah, that, I, I, no, I don't want to. No, 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 no. I, I'd it? say
0: one thing. I'd say one thing. One thing. Yeah,
1: I'm messing with you. Go ahead.
0: Can we talk about how bad? The officiating was on the Bills. I believe it was the final drive because it was the drive that Tyler Bass kicked the field goal on. And Buffalo's driving, and they got a holding call on Deion Dawkins. They got the terrible call for like on Zach Moss. They got the terrible call for um, I don't even know what the heck it was. I was screaming at the refs at the TV. I didn't even hear what he said on uh, on on Davis. Like what yeah, was going they, on yeah, there? I, I I
1: felt like
0: when touchdown, like, Stupid. So I, I felt like neither team wanted to win and the refs really didn't want either team to win. I didn't know what was going on there. But you talk about Josh Allen's touchdown, right? Where, where he got his penalties. We actually had a a, a a question come in from Josh Mossop asking how was Josh Allen's penalty called from sportsman like, but the backflip by Tyreek Hill or Tyree Kill throwing up the deuces is not called an unsportsmanlike penalty,
1: dude. Honestly, I think that is just difference in uh, opinion of officiating crews, and it's it's, it's frustrating to, to see that. And I think the I saw the bill tweet that they were they were miked up, or they were on, they were on some show where they're mic'd up this week. And, you, and the the clip they showed was Josh Allen's penalty scores a touchdown, spins the ball like sort of near the defender, like. I don't know. Is that really that egregious? And then the defender comes over and McDermott's like, well, you know, that's stupid. But, you know, what what am I going to say to you? He's like, oh, well, you know, Josh is a good kid, though. Like, I'll talk to him. And Raf's like, oh, I don't know. He's totally a good kid. Just, you know, just just fun. And then make some McDermott goes over. He's like, yeah, listen, dude, just like if if they call you for that again, you get ejected. So, like, maybe chill, but, like, love, you know, love the attitude. That one, like. I don't know. He sort of did like taunt maybe. So I like that one, like of the penalties you just mentioned was the most understandable, at least, which is not even saying that much. Um, I mean, which one do you want me to do first? The, the play with Moss goes out of bounds. Doesn't he just throws the ball behind him? He doesn't know where he's throwing the ball. He like landed near a defender, like could have hit it. Like he didn't know. And It wasn't
0: like he chucked it. He literally just stood up and like dropped the ball. Like you see every player do when they, Get up from going to yeah, the ground.
1: That was, that was they were, uh, I don't know what the, the eyeball equivalent of having rabbit ears is, but they're like just looking for things to call. That's,
0: that's exactly what that seemed like. That seemed like just the perfect time just to call something because it's the refs and the NFL hates the Bills. Conspiracy theory of the year. <laughs> um, but then on top of that, you you go back and a- after that you get the holding call on Dion Dawkins, which in my opinion wasn't a hold. And I, I believe even uh, Chris Mortensen tweeted out after as well, like that's not a hold on Dion Dawkins. Like what are these rest watching? And then you get the hold, uh, or then you get the terrible call on um, uh, on, on Davis. Where yeah, Davis, Davis was, that just was stopped of, running and the guys ran into him. Yeah,
1: and what do they call him for? A blocking to the head, basically, was what they were flagging him for. But he he kind of just stood there and the guy ran right into him. And it wasn't like he didn't go head hunting for the guy. The guy kind of brought it on himself. And then they're like, Oh, that's that's a, like I was mad about that one. Because there's yeah, so many like legitimate problem. head injuries in every single football game that they could actually uh, penalized for or just show general concern for and they don't. And then that one was a fake one. And like, oh, we got to flag that one. Right. I thought the rest were just... I don't know. I, I thought the rest were a joke.
0: I thought they... Uh, that, that last drive, they just were absolutely terrible. But, you know... Right. Now, Nick, now, we, about- we can get to the stupid Hail Mary. All I'm going to say, I'm going to let you go on your little rant about the Hail Mary. I have nothing to say about it except if you had a job if you at your job right <laughs> what are you trying to <laughs> say at at your job let's say you mess up one time and you do something wrong mm. and your boss says hey here's what you did wrong and here's what you should do the next time this happens and then it happens again and you don't do what your boss says what happens to you Nick do you get fired maybe do you get not – not that I'm saying I want anyone in the Bills defense getting fired. I'm just using this as an example for us normal people who don't play in the NFL. But do you get do you get fired? Do you get yelled at? Do you get written up?
1: Like what happens if you You're mess up man, twice doing the exact the same file, thing? You have to go talk to the principal? No I'm kidding.
0: Right. But like, like – so you go back. You look at the first Hail Mary. What did I say two weeks ago with that first Hail Mary, Nick? What were the, the three – Words knock I said.
1: Down. Knock, knock down.
0: it down. Knock it down. And what happened this week? They all went up for an interception again. And what happens is caught again. And you know what would have happened? There was three guys there that all they had to do was knock it down. And the play never happens. Game's over. You don't have to worry about uh, Justin Herbert almost getting his head taken off on an audible uh, QB sneak that the poor rookie almost – Ended his career because an offensive line didn't want to block for him.
1: All right, so w- what got me the most about this one, it happened twice in the same game, like two minutes apart. All right, Herbert chucks one deep. Guy catches it, and he gets penalized for pushing off. And I'm sitting there like, oh, my gosh, this almost happened again. I tweeted, 4, 10 p.m. I don't even think he needed to push off, Like, but I cannot believe this almost just happened again. For 12 p.m., all caps, how does this keep happening? This is insane. You got, like, can you imagine if the Bills had, like, lost this game on the same type of play, just chucking it? Like, it looked identical. Herbert spins out of the sack, rushes around, waits for guys to get, to get down there, chucks one. Can you imagine? If the Bills had lost that way again, you know, luckily the game wasn't close
0: enough for them to lose that way again. But if they would have scored a touchdown there, I would not have been too happy. That's for sure. Um, one thing, though, too, that I feel like goes without any kind of recognition on that play was the great play by Levi Wallace, who got knocked down and the awareness to get back up to make the touchdown-saving tackle. Great play by him. Fair. But um, yeah, the, Teron Johnson and Jordan Poyer, all they had to do was knock it down. That's it. Plain and simple. Knock it down. Game's over. Everyone goes home happy. Instead, right. yeah. instead they give up another Hail Mary, and all the Bills Mafia wants to know, and the NFL thinks that the Buffalo Bills' Hail Mary defense is an absolute joke, which you know what? Right now it looks like it is.
1: All right, I will I will add this tweet to uh, to the thread of when we share this link. I, I did a super slow motion, like a frame-by-frame frame of this one. So the Bills, again, have three guys going up for it, and it is Jordan Poyer, it's Teron Johnson, and I can't tell who the third guy is uh, behind it there. Poyer has his hands on the ball this time. And then you have Teron Johnson coming in behind him, kind of, like sort of bumping him a little bit. The, like Poyer clearly broke this one up, and then when you zoom it super slow, I'm sorry, zoom in, so the ball hits off Teron Johnson's hand, goes backward to the receiver, and then he catches it. I I don't know. Like I'm I'm watching this right now. It's in slow motion, and you can do this yourself. It looks like he's trying to bat the ball down, maybe, and then it, ah, but then he, he bats it back. Like, I just, I don't get it. You don't just, need the interception. It's fourth down. Even if you get the interception, you lose 40 yards.
0: I just laugh at, um, um,
1: ah, uh, dude, how? Which I laugh at Rich Gannon
0: at the end where he goes, you know, the catch is made. He goes, well, that's happened to him two weeks in a row now.
1: Yeah, unbelievable. And I'm like, thanks. oh my, I'm like,
0: th- thanks, Rich. Appreciate I don't like you anyway. Now I really don't like you.
1: Yeah. And just Come said on. it like, like, was like so heartless. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it just happened again. It's happened to them again. I was like, oh, hey, like, that just happened again. Oh, that, that was nice funny. And, and I don't well, know if we have any of these people that listen to our show
0: specifically, but I know from listening to Sal on Mondays, he's probably the only one I really listened to on a quote unquote Buffalo Football Monday on WGR. Because I I like Sale, and I think he has some pretty good takes. Um, And he does a good job of shutting down people's moronic um, uh, things that they want to throw at him. But the the craziest thing that I've heard the last two weeks, especially this week, the first call that the guy had to take, unfortunately, was about putting, putting someone tall back there that can jump to bat the ball down because the defensive backs don't know how. No, you don't do that. You know Why? Because how'd that work out for Rob Gronkowski when when New England did it? Rob Gronkowski went up to make the catch, he couldn't make like, ma- he I mean, couldn't make Gronk's a tackle really and the team four touchdown.
1: Gronk's not like but Gronk can't tackle. You freak, freak athlete guy who you think can jump? Well, I bet he could dunk a basketball, but like he doesn't look like like a, you know, a thin jack guy who would think would have these incredible hops.
0: Well, then you have the Duke Williams fans that are out, excuse me, that are out there saying, "Hey, why don't they just call Duke Williams up from the practice squad just to have him out there for these situations? <laughs> no, you. That's not what they need to do. In both situations, they just would have batted the ball down. It never would have happened. Stop going for interceptions. Just stop.
1: I don't know. Okay, okay, I'm gonna my my one. My comment, fantasy team would have
0: been happy with the interception.
1: <laughs> my, well, my fantasy comment, team got hurt because they allowed the catch. Back to the bat the ball down, people. Especially this week could have worked in in the Cardinals game. They're going up for the interception with two hands, and Hopkins just jumps higher. Like, what did you want them to do to bat the ball down if they weren't tall enough to touch it at all? That
0: one, I blame Jordan Poyer for running into Trey White. If you watch the replay, <laughs> I'm just saying Trey, Trey White was going up, and Trey White was going to do something with that ball, and he got bumped by Poyer this time. Poyer had the chance to make the interception. And, all right, so still, what if Johnson's like, do nope,
1: knocking it down there? How could you knock the ball down if you can't even get to it with your hands? That's the, like the only Comment back to like the not everyone says knock the ball well, down. So man, you still I, have to get your hands up that high.
0: I'm the knock, I am the knock it, knock the ball down guy. I am knock ball down guy all the time, especially in the Hail Mary situation. Just knock the ball down. I don't care. You're right. The Arizona situation was a little bit different than this past week's situation. However, this past week, all if they had chances to knock the ball down and you saw what happened, the ball just bounced around. Luckily, that situation if they would have scored a touchdown, they really wouldn't have made that much of a difference with 30 seconds left. I don't think, you know, and, and no timeouts, That I think we would have had to worry too much. But still, you don't want to see it happen now because come playoff times, Buffalo gets in that situation again. They need to learn to knock the ball down and don't give them the chance to make the catch. I don't understand if there's a Chargers player in front of you and you're like, hey, maybe I shouldn't knock this down because there's a Chargers player here or my, my opponent's in front of me. If I knock it down, it's going to go right into his hands, whatever. But there's no one in front of them. Knock the ball down. Plain and
1: simple. Game over. Move on. All right. We're going to move on as well. Question for you. Thank you. Comes, comes, <laughs> comes from another no, different Josh. Are you scared of the Dolphins lingering in the AFC East? No. I was. I was.
0: But I'm not. And I'll tell you why. One. One. Ryan Fitzpatrick right now is their starting quarterback. I don't know when Tua is coming back. Tua may be back this week. He had his freak thumb injury. But Tua doesn't scare me. Tua is not the reason why they won football games. Their defense and special teams is the reason why they won football games. And that's not a strategy. That's not game planning. That is just your defense making some plays and stepping up and winning new games. You can't win every single game like that through an entire football season. We saw Buffalo try to do it for how many years where Buffalo's Buffalo's offense had to rely on their defense to win them games. Last year was a little different because the schedule is so bad for Buffalo where they could have their defense win them those games. This week was another perfect example where Buffalo's defense won them a game despite a Hail Mary and all that. But um, I'm not worried about Miami. I, I don't think Tua right now – Tua right now doesn't scare me. Um, their defense is very good. That's what they paid for in the offseason was for a very, very good defense. And their special teams has been good. Um, but, again, that's not a recipe for success for the long term. Do I think Miami gets in the playoffs? Yes. Do I think um, they come within a game of the AFC East? No. I think Miami uh, lose the AFC East by two games. I think Buffalo wins the AFC East, and I think the Week 17 game is going to mean nothing for Buffalo and everything for Miami.
1: All right, I agree, I agree with those points. I think the Bills should still, like we said, they should coast, and I'm hoping that uh, everything's locked up by Week 17. If everything is locked up, maybe they wrestle a bunch of people and Miami wins that one. I could see the, the division win being by one game instead of two if, the, if Miami wins against the Bills team that's not really trying there.
0: I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Brandon Allen and the Cincinnati Bengals this week pull off a win against Miami.
1: Wow, this is coming from the guy who predicted the rate the Raiders win over the Chiefs earlier this year. I
0: all, But I also said that the Chiefs are going to win the division. At the, or I'm sorry, that the Raiders are going to win the division, and it doesn't look like that's going to happen now after this performance. Wow. This why month.
1: why do you think the Bengals have any hope without without their number one draft pick? Because I, I,
0: I just don't think Miami is as good as what they've been playing. And I, I don't think Brandon Allen was that bad. Don't forget... They still have Gio Bernard, who's a good running back. They have a decent offensive line. They have two very good wide receivers, and AJ Green and, and and Higgins. Higgins is finally coming into to I, I I wouldn't say coming into his own, but he's finally taken some big steps forward this year in his rookie year. He obviously he looked better with Joe Burrow, but I don't think Brandon Allen looked too bad last week. I had that game going um, on my on my uh, quad screen here. Uh, with the Sunday ticket. That was one of the games I had going on, and I was watching that game. I was fairly impressed with Brandon Allen. So um, unless some crazy COVID stuff happens, I think that Cincinnati could beat Miami. I'm not saying they're going to, but I think that they could, and I think it's going to be a lot closer than what people may think. Okay, that's your hot take for the week. But you know what? We can't talk about Miami this week without talking about the Bills this week, who unfortunately have to go back to Arizona, Nick, and play the San Francisco
1: 49ers on Monday night football because covid rates are too high in santa clara county and they said no sports here i said hey there's a stadium in orchard park that's not being used on monday if, if you need one and the 49ers i think are going to keep this as a home game and uh just play it in arizona so they had well, some fun they had some funny tweets at each other today if you want to go find those the the 49ers <laughs> and the cardinals about um uh with the with the Will Farrell movie Step Brothers just kinda yes. just with, with the the logos over their faces. That was funny. Uh it's gonna be weird. It's not like there's a huge home field advantage this year, but I think that's uh another thing in the Bills' favor that it's not a true home game for the 49ers.
0: You know though, I, I to to your point, um you want you, you talk about them possibly coming to Buffalo you know, for a game. Um, one of those things, the, re- the reason why I feel like they couldn't do it, right? This game's actually fairly big for San Francisco. San Francisco is right there in a wild card race right now in the NFC West. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a big game for them. And historically, teams from the West Coast coming to the East Coast to play a football game, odds aren't in their favor. So I don't blame him for not wanting to come out east and having to give up a quote-unquote home game um, with no fans Yeah. to now being able to have fans in Arizona. I don't know how many mm-hmm. how many Niners fans are going to make the drive or how many Niners fans there are in Arizona, but I know that a lot of California folks have moved from California to Arizona. So there may, uh, may yeah. be a high number of San Francisco fans. All right, my, um, thought,
1: my thought was this. If you're the 49ers and you look at it realistically and say, you know what? We're probably not going to beat the Bills if we play them in Buffalo or if we play them in San Francisco or if we play them on the moon. We're probably going to lose. Why not say, you know what, we can't play here. We'll give you this home game, but the next time the Bills are supposed to come to San Francisco, we get nine home games that year. This isn't college football, man. That's not how it works. But it could, dude, they're moving heaven and earth to like <laughs> set up for COVID this year. You not, not for, up. but,
0: but they're not doing it for every team. They're only doing it for the teams oh, that they like.
1: Okay. They, they can, it's all <laughs> owners, owners and relationships. If a team really wanted to push for that and they said, you know what, let's just play nine road games this year and we'll trade it for a home game down the road, especially when uh, that future home game could have fans and make them more money.
0: Yeah, I, I, mean, yeah I, don't know. I understand it. I'm okay with. with unfortunately, I'm, I'm I was kind of having
1: spaz attacks when they said that they're playing in Arizona again. Um, and you know, what? this will be good to get the monkey off the back. You know.
0: So, so are you saying from your statement you just made? Are you saying you think Buffalo's going to win this game? Yes,
1: they're two and a half point favorites. Yeah, I would take that for sure. No, no, Bosa in San Francisco, so that's good. I don't even think Garoppolo's playing, is he?
0: No, uh, Mullins is starting again. He didn't look too bad this week. He had had no um, no passing touchdowns. He did you have know, two hundred plus yards passing. Great.
1: He he's he's a good player, better than most backups, I would say. I would take him over Barkley. You know. All right. Well, you but, know what? Let, let me. On. I'm
0: sorry. But, but before we move on, I'm sorry. The only thing that worries me this week is the running game of San Francisco. They have two very good running backs, and we've seen how bad Buffalo's run defense has been this year. Um, So that's something that does worry me. But if Buffalo can stop the run, I think um, they can put up some points on the San Francisco defense and and, and win the game. Um, It's a big game for Buffalo. I mean, at this point, until you get a two- to three-game lead on Miami, if if you can even get a two- to three-game lead on Miami, you have to win. You know, right now they're in fourth place in the playoff standings. They fell from three to four because Tennessee won this week. Um, and they'd be playing a good Cleveland Browns team right now in the first round of the playoffs who, um, you know, Bakers, Browns. Baker's up and down, but you got to worry about Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, man. Yeah, that's, you know, uh, you know, I, I, that's
1: I, true. The Bills' run defense is their weakness, and the run offense is their strength and clear. I'm at
0: a point this season where I'm not too worried about what quarterback the Bills are playing. I'm more worried about what running back the Bills are playing against because wow. their running offense their weren't running defense has been so bad that if they if they can't stop the run and they allow 4 or 500 yards a game, you mm-hmm. can't win the game, you know? So so they need to find a way to stop the run and start you know if they can stop the run I, I again i think they win this week no doubt about it same thing with with pittsburgh you know pittsburgh's got some good good receivers but if they can can slow the run down in pittsburgh and force ben Roethlisberger to have to throw the ball 40 50 times i think they can win that game against pittsburgh too you know th- those are the two games i feel like they have left maybe even the new england game i know some people have that new england game as a loss right now I'm still not that impressed with Cam. Cam didn't do anything this week. He didn't win his team the game this week. Um, But Buffalo has to win. They either need to win the San Francisco game by a lot and comfortably. I wouldn't even say by a lot. They have to win the San Francisco game comfortably. Or they need to win the San Francisco game and win the Pittsburgh game. I think for me to have any kind of confidence that they can make a run, in the playoffs. I'm not saying again, just not to, the
1: undefeated team that's all.
0: Why not, man? You, you want to be the, you want to be the best. You want to be considered the best. I still think, again, don't think Buffalo's going to be a Super Bowl team, but if they play at their ceiling, they could go to the AFC championship game and they could play against the Kansas city chiefs who I think mm-hmm. are going to be the representative for the ASC in the super bowl. They could get there but they need to prove that they want to be there. And that starts with winning these two crucial games.
1: All right. My final take on with this one reason everyone should like that. This game is going back to Arizona. The bills need to get, get, like we said, get the monkey off the back, get comfortable, you know, get, get rid of the ghosts, get rid of the fears of playing in Arizona because Next season's Super Bowl is in Arizona. Get ready.
0: Nick, are you saying the Bills are going to be a Super Bowl team in 2021? Can we can we can we quote that on the process podcast right now?
1: Uh well, actually hold on there. Uh the I'm sorry, I misspoke. The 20, 2022's
0: I'm sorry, 2022 Buffalo Bills.
1: 2022 season the Super Bowl is in Arizona. I'm not saying the Bills are going to be there. I'm saying they very well could find themselves there. And I don't know if they're going playing another road game in Arizona before that. This is your chance. Don't, you know, I guarantee you, guaranteed, if the Bills went to the Super Bowl and they hadn't played in Arizona since since the, the Kyler Murray, uh, Hale Murray game, there would definitely be articles written. The Bills are going back to the stadium where they last gave up this terrible play. Guaranteed there would be stories. If you win, come here, win, it's fine. Those stories go away or they get quieter because it's, uh, uh, well, there's there's a really huge asterisk that they actually played there again and it was fine. So that's what I say. Future Super Bowl's there. Shake it off now. Just put it behind you.
0: So do you have a prediction for this week, Nick?
1: This week, yes, I do. Uh, bills over the 49ers, uh, 29-21. Wow, you're taking them with uh, a fairly big lead here, fairly fairly big win. You know, um, I actually want to revise that because I always I always say, like, pick friendly football numbers. I'm like, oh, wait, the Bills, they're going to force the 49ers into some field goals. Uh, I'll go 20. No, it's going to be a lot of field goals, I think, for the 49ers. What's two touchdowns and three field goals is 23. It was, okay, 29-23. I don't even know how you okay. get twenty nine. I don't know where that never came from. But, uh, but you like upper twenties to lower twenties. <laughs> maybe a safety. Maybe Buffalo <laughs> gets safety this week. <laughs> I'm uh, my, my I'm being very unspecific right now. Upper twenties um, to lower twenties. That's what I'll say.
0: I think Buffalo sneaks one out this week. I don't think that they win big. Um, okay. but for Which is for,
1: fine on on the road in the NFL, by the way. For the for the
0: sake of my heart and the hearts of the elderly bills fans. I hope that they win fairly big and fairly comfortable. So we don't have to stress because this week I was not planning on stressing. I was fairly calm this past week for about three and a half quarters. And then all of a sudden it was like the lid flew off and I was going nuts because there was no way that the bills were going to lose to a three win football team. Luckily they didn't. With all that said, Nick, I'm taking the bills to win this game
1: 31 to 30. Wow. All right, hope Tyler Bass makes all his kicks this week, man. They're going to need him. Hey man, if there's anyone who should be excited to go back to Arizona, it's Tyler Bass.
0: Right. He had the best game of his career in Arizona, man, and he's inside the dome again. So, we'll see what happens. I'm I it, I'm excited for Monday night football. I hate the 8:15 start time. Um, but we forgot to mention this past Sunday is the last Sunday that the bills play at one o'clock until week 17 against the Miami
1: Dolphins. That's uh, some prime time building right there. They have
0: Monday night, Sunday night, I believe Sunday night again. No, I'm sorry. Monday night, Sunday night, Saturday night.
1: Yeah. And
0: Sunday night again.
1: Yeah, the, so, the Saturday game off the Sunday night game—that's weird to me. That's uh, like a doubly short week. I know, like Sunday night isn't short a day, but it, the teams feel that it's it's shorter because you don't, especially if you're on the road, you're, you don't get home until so late. Uh, that is weird, but they're playing Denver that week, and Denver stinks. So, Denver's
0: defense though is good, man. Don't sleep on Denver's defense; they're still good.
1: Denver, I believe, should have a quarterback back for that game. By the way. Quick note the, the Bills, uh, they are keeping from pr- practicing separate from the Bills, like he's basically quarantining. So, if the Bills ever had a situation like uh, the Broncos did this week where all the quarterbacks can't play because of COVID, um, Jake from still available.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited that, uh, you know, Buffalo is smart enough to do that just in case most teams weren't, and you saw how that worked out for, um, the Broncos this past week having to put a practice squad wide receiver in a quarterback, but you know what? The dude toughed it out, man. The guy was selling fundraisers um, last week, and all of a sudden, got signed to a practice squad and was you know on Saturday and was 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 your starting quarterback on Sunday. So, you know, tip the hat to him. That was uh, I, I don't know how much of that game you watched, but I, I watched that game fairly closely. Between that and the the Chiefs game. Both were, were, you know, obviously one game was a blowout, the other one was close. Um, Mm -hmm. But I I definitely enjoyed kind of seeing, um, um, you know, Arizona – I'm sorry, not Arizona, the the Broncos, um, you know, I I don't want to say struggle, but their defense stepped up for them, so for the most part. Um, And for what it's worth, the Bills have two wide receivers that have thrown touchdowns this year. You know how many touchdowns Tyson Hill has thrown since being the starting quarterback – in new orleans uh zero zero crazy crazy stat huh and they've won both games they got I, I don't know much how much
1: they gotta put jamison he's winning them
0: games i mean do you take out take out the guy that's winning you games for for jamis who is part of the 20 and
1: 20 club uh yeah because Taysom hill was nine for 16 passing last week for 78 yards Still won in the game, man.
0: They didn't have to run Again, that well.
1: Kendall Hinton, though, wide practice squad receiver who played quarterback forever ago. <laughs> At Wake Forest of all schools. Yeah, I don't know. So, I think they, that that's totally beyond our the realm of our podcast. I think they, sh- they should play Jameis.
0: So, Nick, I, I have two questions for you before we go this week. Um, one, the Bills running game looked pretty good this week. Yeah. Um, against the Chargers. Obviously the Chargers I feel like the Chargers have a fairly good defensive uh, front seven. Um but Moss and Singletary both were able to get significant yardage um and Buffalo rushed for over 100 yards this week. Um is the rushing game back? It was something that obviously Sean McDermott did say going into the bye week that they wanted to get fixed and they wanted to address.
1: Mm-hmm. Um what are your thoughts? Uh, I was happy with it this week. I'm not ready to say the running game is back. I think they had good totals, but I thought they both ripped off a long run, which was nice to see, but I think that kind of brought up some of their totals. I'm still kind of worried about the offensive line play as a whole. Uh, they just didn't really seem interested in blocking uh, Joey Bosa last week. That was, that was curious. I can't believe we have talked for an hour and not mentioned that yet. Um I'm not ready to say that's back yet, but I was very encouraged by last week.
0: So then, do you think uh, looking at the snap count this week, this past week, um, Zach Moss had 60% of the carries, 6% of the offensive snaps? He was the, the running back RB1 this week. Um, do you see that trend continuing? I thought Singletary had in, a very good in game. Nap he fumble.
1: was, but Singletary had more of the ball in Singletary. I thought maybe his best game of the year for Singletary. So uh um, nice Yeah.
0: That was a bad fumble. That's one that he
1: yeah, you know, it was
0: that could have that could have changed the game drastically, you know. And that's where you gotta give Curtis to the defense. Part of those three three turnovers in seven minutes. Um or, I'm sorry, in seven plays, um, they were able to hold them to just three points. So kudos to the defense for that.
1: Yeah, I think uh, it's still going to be two-headed monster the rest of the year. That's my take. I
0: think so, too. And I think we're going to see a little bit more Josh Allen running. I'm curious to see what happens with him this week. Um, Banged Up Bills had a great pitcher posted. Yes. Of Josh Allen with the ankle brace on. I'm sorry, the knee brace on. Um, it looked like his ankle originally, may, maybe something with his knee. Um, but we'll see.
1: we'll
0: see we'll see what it comes up as this week on the injury report when that comes out tomorrow Um, final question for you Nick uh, which is I feel like something that, that, that we talked about a little bit but maybe needs to be touched on as well with the success of the Bills offense this year do you see Brian Dable being the offensive coordinator in Buffalo next year or do you see him as a head coach somewhere
1: I think he's definitely going to get interviews and from there, it's going to just depend on if the other teams like him enough. Um, I I would be disappointed for for Buffalo if he is going if he does leave after this year. It would also be kind of well. He might have had like a an interview last year, but this would really be his first you know full cycle as an attractive candidate. So, um, I'm gonna say, and this is very biased. I'm going to hope he does not get hired by a team this year. I think there's, there's enough other candidates out there and some, maybe some people coming up from the college ranks with some COVID uncertainty, more people looking for, for a job who might have not taken it before. Um, but the time is, is coming for him. If it's not this year, it's next year. So it's, it's, uh, sort of scary once, once you start getting good, people want to hire away all of your staff. So uh, the Bills are going to want to keep him as long as they can. If they can give him more money, if they can give him another a better title, if he can be the associate head coach slash offense, I don't know. They play all kinds of games like that to try to keep people around. Um, if it comes down to money, hopefully the Pakulas can step up there. But I'm, I think he's going to be a candidate for sure.
0: Before I give you my thought on that, let me ask you the same question about Leslie Frazier. He gets brought up year in and year out um for interviews um obviously some of that is because of the rule that the nfl has about african-american coaches being interviewed which i i personally think that color shouldn't matter if you're the best coach you should be interviewed for the job and leslie frazier has been one of the best defensive um coordinators in the league for the last few seasons so it's a no-brainer that he's interviewed um however he he hasn't no one's been able to pull him away from Buffalo yet. Does he get interviews this season? And if so, does he get another shot at being a head coach?
1: All right, Leslie Frazier, I'm gonna say no on that one. I think give <clears throat> excuse me, given that this is known as Sean McDermott's defense, I think there's gonna be some general skepticism that how much is he really contributing there and he does have the head coaching experience but i think i mean David dable's you know the hot candidate from buffalo if you i don't know why you would if, why would you would make a defensive hire and take and take him like if you're going to take somebody from buffalo why would you not take the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. and, and unless you be- truly valued like previous head coaching experience but he's he's been on the list the frith polar alliance which is like an alliance for black coaches they put out a list every year of like candidates that they think are could be good head coaches and he's usually on that list every year and still doesn't really get too much attention so it is something that he is seems interested in pursuing still um and it's always interesting to me how some coordinators who you don't think are that good become hot candidates and so much of it has to do with the agents and who's who you know everyone wants this step, but who's like really actively trying to become a coach? Who's going to these seminars? Who's going like I don't know that Leslie Frazier is like actively out there pushing like I want to be a head coach again. I need to get hired this cycle kind of stuff. He's if someone came to him, of course he he would love it. But I, I don't think he's I'm not fearful that he's gonna be hired away.
0: So I agree with you on Leslie Frazier. I don't think he goes anywhere Um, you know, the only way I can see him going anywhere is if teams get turned down by their first, second, maybe third choice. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see what happens. Obviously he's, he's someone that constantly gets brought up, like you said, in conversation. So, I mean, it's the NFL, man. It's 2020, I guess anything's possible at this point. Um, but on the Brian Dable front, you look at the teams right now that are currently going to be in need of head coaches. You think, you know, yeah, Raheem Morris might get a, a, a pretty good look in Atlanta at being the head coach. Uh I don't know if he's the guy for that job. But you look at that offense, that offense is fairly explosive, and they can really do a lot with a solid offensive mind. That's somewhere where I could see Dable being all over with a guy like Kelvin Ridley there. Um with, with with two good young running backs there outside of Todd Gurley. The only thing they don't have right now which there'll, there'll be a top ten team drafting this year in Atlanta, is a, a a quarterback to step in after Matt Ryan. Obviously, Matt Ryan is not the same quarterback as a Josh Allen is. Um, but Dable's had success in offensive co- coordinator in the past. Um, with with less athletic quarterbacks. Um, so Atlanta is definitely a place where I could see him going. Um, but then you look at the Jets as well. Same thing. What happens with the Jets? I. I I guess that's anyone's guess. Is Gase out at this point? I mean, is it just them just waiting until week 17 to to end and say, hey, you're gone or what? Um, The Lions just fired their head coach and GM. So that's somewhere somewhere else where you can look at a guy like uh, 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 Brian Dable ending up. You know? Um, and, And who knows what happens in Cincinnati? We talked about. Cincinnati and, and and you know how good Joe Burrow looked all year till he got hurt but you hear a lot of rumblings that this team right now is playing for their head coach and if they're um if they don't win any more games this year does he have a job next year cuz I'll tell you what out of all the out of all the jobs out there if I'm Brian Dable the one that looks most appealing to me is that Cincinnati job
1: Really, because of the quarterback situation,
0: Joe Burrow. You have Joe Mixon as your running back. You still have another year to a Giovanni Bernard back there. You still have uh, T. Higgins, who is gonna, I, I think, gonna be a very good receiver in this league. You have a good young team that you can build a dynamic offense with. Um,
1: that's my thought on it. I mean, anything's possible. All right, I will tell you, I got an email from a PR firm. It's for uh, some, some online betting company. They, they sent out odds. Who's the next Lions head coach? Brian Dable, not on the list. Wow, okay. All right, uh, 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Selah. He's he's the, the favorite. Uh, Eric Biennemi is the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Uh, Lincoln Riley is a very popular college head coach. Jim Harbaugh could get fired by Michigan this year. That, that seems like a, like a Michigan connection on that one.
0: There's no way, though, anyone goes back from – from. For, there's no way he goes from Michigan back to the NFL with how bad the Michigan Wolverines are playing.
1: I think there's a chance. I don't know. I, I, I don't think it was that good of a head coach in the first place. Well, well that's a different story. It's all about perception. You know,
0: but that, that's my thought.
1: Um, uh, Daryl okay. Evill is uh, the interim coach there. He's been he's been a head coaching candidate for a couple of years. I think this might be the year he lands a head coaching job. Um, I'll just read you some other names on this list here. Kellen Moore, he's the Cowboys' offensive coordinator. Wow. Okay. Byron Leftwich is uh, where is he the coordinator? He's currently in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. Okay, Dan Mullen, Josh McDaniels, Kevin O'Connell, Matt Campbell, Arthur Smith, Tabo Swinney, uh, Nick. Some of these are just on here for. for yeah, know, I, I, don't see, for I don't see. I don't think Debo's
0: now. Debo's Debo is not leaving his money.
1: Yeah, Tabo and... playing Clemson unless he yeah. runs his mouth too much and they kick him out or something for saying dumb things like he has been, but he's pretty safe.
0: Which real, real quick on the Clemson front, I I, I don't want to rattle on here because I know we, we've we've gone a while this week, and we appreciate everyone sticking with us. Did you know that JP Lossman's on the coaching staff at Clemson?
1: I did only because there was some story where they were there was a pro day a couple years ago for Clemson receivers, and the scouts were so impressed about the guy throwing the balls to him. They asked him if he wanted to try out, and it was JP Lossman, and he said, "No, that part of my life's over." Crazy crazy crazy
0: crazy to think of yep. um but yeah yeah I, I i mean i so the only reason i knew that he was was i think it was the national championship game or one of the playoff games a couple years ago maybe it was last year two years ago um they were all walking to the locker room and jp lawson was down there walking to the locker room i'm like why is jp lawson in Clemson gear he went to tulane and then i i, I looked into it and he was like uh Offensive, like assistants, assistant at that mm-hmm. point, just trying to get some some coaching creds. Um I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in the NFL at some point. With how good Clemson's playing, and he might just get, like you said, the the art of perception. Where, you know, I I always liked JP. I always thought he was was a smart quarterback. He just had a terrible team around him and yeah. terrible
1: coaching. Yeah, I mean, JP. I don't know. JP needs. uh some some NFL experience, I think. I don't know how much he's actually doing at Clemson right now, but he could turn that into a quarterbacks coach job or a receivers coach job, and kind of work up from there, maybe.
0: Yeah, man. I, I mean, we'll we'll see. I don't think he's going to get a head coaching job but this season, but you never know. Oh, no, I
1: you will. I, I went back in the emails. Brian Dable is on the list for the next Falcons coach. I don't know why they think he's not tied to Detroit when he might be tied to Atlanta. But he's about halfway down this list here. Uh, Lincoln Riley, Biennemi, McDaniels, Leftwich, Harbaugh, all above Dable on that list.
0: The one thing that strikes me with that Atlanta job, though, is their offense isn't what's struggling this year. It's their defense, except last week against the Raiders. Mm. So I I feel like they may go a defensive-minded head coach.
1: Here's a question for you. Uh, Ravens offensive coordinator Greg Roman. Any, any, you think any shot he's, uh, he thinks Lamar's been figured out and takes, tries to take a head coaching job somewhere else? He's another name that's thrown around
0: a lot, man. And anything's possible. Um, I think he does get a head coaching job somewhere where I, I, am not even gonna guess at this point. Um, but I think he, he, if not this year, then, then next year. Um, but I agree with you. I do think Lamar's been figured out. Um, I said it last year too uh, in the playoffs that I think Lamar um, is not a playoff quarterback. He's lost two playoff games in a row in the first round, and he hasn't looked good in either one of them. Um, I think he had a good year last year, enough to get him obviously get him an MVP and get him on the cover of Madden this year. Um, but I I don't think he is. I don't want to give him RG three status yet but i feel like minus the injuries he could be trending that way i don't a lot of people want to consider lamar jackson right now an elite quarterback in this league i don't think he's an elite quarterback i i would take josh allen right now over lamar jackson um i don't know how many people would agree with me on that take but i would take allen over lamar jackson especially this season for sure um but back to your point, I I could see Greg Roman getting a head coaching job because he's another guy whose name you hear year in, year out, up for a head coaching job somewhere. Yeah.
1: Hey, it'll be interesting to see who's uh, how many jobs are actually open and who just wants to go with uh, some continuity with uh, the pandemic that will never end apparently.
0: It does feel good, though, to not have to worry about Buffalo right now looking for a head coach. Well, they might need a coordinator. Who knows? They may need a coordinator, and there's there's some guys in house, and that's something I think we could touch on a little bit in the coming weeks, Nick, or, or see what happens here in the future. But there are a few guys in house. I think they're receivers coach and their uh, offensive quality coach. I think Ken Dorsey is a guy that I think of right away to step in to be the offensive coordinator uh, for Buffalo if needed, and they just kind of kind of keep it in house. Yeah, he's got um, a
1: top in house guy,
0: and, and and he's a he's a guy that. Worked with McDermott in Carolina as well, so he's another Carolina guy that McDermott likes. Um, but again, as long as it's not Rick Dennison, I don't care. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's nice to not have to worry about it for our sake. Um, I'm going to be curious to see what happens with Dable, cur- curious to see what happens with Leslie Frazier, because let's face it, those two guys go. There's other people on that staff that are going to be going with them. That's fair. So we'll have to see what happens and, and see what kind of hit that does. Dable bothers me a lot more than um, Frazier leaving, because I feel like you said um, this is more McDermott's defense. And if Frazier leaves, I feel like the defense itself will stay in place. They'll just need some, another defensive coordinator to step in and, and make the play calls. But. Who cares though? Cause we don't have to worry about it right now. Cause guess what, man? The Bills are eight and three and hopefully nine and three after Monday night yeah. football this week. That
1: That's
0: right. That's right. But uh Nick, this has been fun as always. We appreciate everyone tuning in and listening.
1: Thank Remember, you for everyone who says questions. Always appreciated.
0: Yes, questions are always appreciated. Uh, no matter how big or small or how many there are, we always appreciate all the questions from our listeners. Um Guys, don't forget if you haven't yet, follow us on Twitter. We're always retweeting the Nick Veronica hot takes <laughs> at the underscore process pod on Twitter or Nick Veronica at Nick Veronica on Twitter. Or if you want the guy, the angry guy that just likes to yell at this TV, that would be me. And I'm at Chawit68, C H A W I T 68 on Twitter. Um, remember to like, follow, subscribe all that good stuff wherever you listen to your podcasts. As always, thanks for tuning in. Remember to always trust the process.